a personal update. I've reached the watching TV shows and movies featuring anyone walking anywhere in Manhattan makes me misty part of this quarantine. I used to say that I'd never move to New York because it gave me panic attacks. And if you had been on that date when I had a panic attack and we were in line waiting for the Barnes & Noble bathroom to open up, well, <laughs> it would have scarred you for life. I'm not saying it was the worst date ever, but it was not good. And I don't know that I ever made it up to that person, but it will also just always be there between us like an invisible block of sad. So I never even thought I would end up here. Then once you move here, it's a hassle. Okay, look, newsflash, New York is a lot. But now that I can't go there, now that I can't imagine ever feeling comfortable on the subway ever again, I miss it. I just do. I wish we could go there and annoy each other and enjoy each other and get frustrated with each other. Now, I don't need a flash mob dance thing in Washington Square Park ever again. I'm good if we lose those, honestly. They had their moment. It was a lot of fun. We're done. But I just want to be in the city again. Instead, we're here. And the need for human connection, other than the people we're locked inside with, is real and getting stronger, which is why I do this show every week. So let's open up the portal and slip through a place where Manhattan is still thriving, the pocket universe that never sleeps, known as the Deep Night. French. Hello, it's me, Del Seaver, and I'm so honored to once again be your host and guide through this next hour of regrets and revelations. I come to you tonight, as we always do, from the foul banks of the Gowanus, and you know what? I miss that, too. So on my brave weekly walk to the grocery store to pick up coconut oils, kombucha fixins, and yeast for Galinda's projects, I took a long detour in the beautiful spring weather and I crossed the Carroll Street Bridge to see my beloved Gowanus Canal in all its magnificent and putrid glory. You know what I saw? I saw a Canadian goose. And the water, well, it wasn't exactly clear, but it seemed a little less murky. Nature is returning. Today on the show, it's about that human connection that we're missing. Because no matter how friendly I get with a Canadian goose at a Superfund site, it just doesn't replace the real thing of human interaction, does it? So while remote interviews have their drawbacks, it's still a little something in the nothing. A way to fill the void by reaching out and partly unloading, partly connecting, partly remembering what it's like to find some common ground. And that's what we did today in a fun and uh, long conversation with Los Angeles-based comedian Meryl Davis. Now, I've known about Meryl for years. Our circles overlap, as they do in comedy, and so when I realized, well, we could use this Internet telephony to reach just about anywhere, we patched her in. Now, she's quarantined uh, with her boyfriend, a couple of dogs, maybe some other stuff. I don't know. There could be a cat in there. Uh, uh, but from a, a cozy yet a concerned isolation, she spoke uh, with me uh, from what sounds like, I'm going to say, a bed. And uh, and if you listen carefully, probably some 
dog tail wagging. I think that's the sound. It's fun to try and piece these things together, of course, because I can't see them. Uh, my uh, guess, I'm just listening to them, so um, I'm not sure what's going on there. But I did enjoy getting to know Merrill and being reminded that we can still focus on some long-term goals. The gloom of this present moment is all pervasive. But at some point, we'll make it out. So now, sit back. Relax for a spell and enjoy my conversation with Meryl Davis. Meryl Davis, welcome to the Deep Night. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And how are you doing out there in Los Angeles? Well, uh, I mean, I'm still here, so that's good. Um, that is good pretty convinced that I may have already had uh, the disease back in January, but I haven't had a chance to go and <clears throat> get one of those antibody tests quite yet. But uh, as soon as I can, you know, sit in line for five hours to get uh, my finger pricked, I'll be on top of that uh, to find out if I had it. But otherwise I'm, I'm, I'm crazy from staying inside. Uh, I absolutely have cabin fever. I've, uh-huh. I was crazy prior to this. I'm, I'm more crazy now. So that's pretty much what's happening. <laughs> well, it's not an uncommon thing that people feel like they already had this. Uh, uh, I, I'm convinced that my wife maybe had it earlier, but mm-hmm. uh, without the testing, we don't know. Um, right. So we are left to our own devices here to uh, make it through this. Has it been a full month for you? I've yes. lost track. Yes, yeah. it's definitely <laughs> been a full month. Um, it's a, it's weird. I mean, because March was a crazy year. Uh, <laughs> but um no, it's, it's it's so weird because like it doesn't feel like a month. It feels like at least six months. Um, yes. Yeah, because yep. you know when you when something like this is happening, not that I would know from prior experience, but uh, every minute of the day, you're like looking at the news, trying to figure out what's going on. Um, you're obsessed with you know every emotion you're going through. And so it just feels like such a longer period of time. But um, yeah, it's been about a month and uh, yeah, we've gone stir crazy for sure. I gather you're enjoying some uh, sweet banjo music. Yes, yes. Uh, So my boyfriend is quite the banjo player. Um, He also (laughs) Did he start out as quite a banjo player or is this a new thing? Uh, no, he thing. actually was <laughs> playing it prior to the pandemic. Um, and uh, he also plays, he plays multiple instruments. He plays a classical guitar. Uh, but now, you know, that we're home all the time, uh, he plays it often, all day. But it's, <laughs> the, the good news is he's not bad at it. He's actually good that's at true. it. That's true. Yeah. So There's that's, nothing as soothing as a banjo. No, it's actually pretty soothing. It's just that um, at times I'll be like, you know, just very seldom times I'll be like, can we do something else? Can we watch something? Can we can we listen to R&B? You know, anything. Um, but I did. Dance. One does have a go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say uh, one has a banjo limit. That's all. Yes, yes. Yeah. There's there can be uh definitely a banjo limit. That's true. But um 
But, you know, I've been thinking, oh, actually, the other day he was playing and just for fun, because, you know, we have all sorts of time on our hands. I started dancing like I was dancing to R&B to his uh-huh. banjo playing and uh, and like different kinds of dancing, like disco dancing, R&B, like, you know, twerking to banjo. And it was funny. It was good. I yeah. <laughs> think we should make a video of it because it was definitely uh-huh. uh, something different for sure. Well, uh, you mentioned the sort of moving through the emotions and uh uh, as we all are trying to figure things out moment to moment. I'll tell you that being in New York, uh, it's it, it, that times a thousand, it feels like. Um, they talk about a viral load. I think there's an emotional load here, and it absolutely takes it out of you. Yeah. Uh, I would welcome I, some TikTok dancing at this point. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> I can't even imagine because, so my brother lives in Alabama, and he's uh-huh. a scientist. Um don't judge us. He's there because <laughs> my dad and my brother both went to medical school there. But where my dad is originally from New York and mm-hmm. uh, my mom's side of the family is like all North Carolina, but she grew up in Miami. So basically, my I grew up in like a medical family and, uh, you know, I chose the road of no money because, you know, it was too good. Um, so, but anyway, that, I guess my point in telling you this is that my mom, so my mom's in New Mexico, my brother's family is in Alabama, and then my sister and I are both in California and just paying attention to, um, you know, all the statistics. And I also lived in New York up until 2018, I moved back to LA. So with all that, uh, You know, you can tell like the severity is obviously in New York. It's the the toughest place. And uh, I've lived there, so I can imagine how scary it must be because without a pandemic, it's still terrifying. (laughs) So I can only imagine. Um, And then here. So in Alabama, there really wasn't any cases for quite a while. And then same with where my mom lives in New Mexico. So they were just kind of like and still are really, it's not as intense because they're not feeling what we're feeling in the bigger cities. But even here is probably a joyride uh, compared to what you're going through because our our death toll is not as high, obviously. Um, we're yes. more spread out here. And uh, it must be hard there because you can't really if you live in a building with someone who has it or has had, I mean, you can't really escape it. So, you know, just like in Italy and Spain, people live really close to each other. Um, And my theory about why the deaths are so high in Spain and Italy is probably completely ridiculous, but I have been to both countries and they're very warm people and they're very touchy feely and kissy kissy and, so for culture like that, that goes all the way back to, you know, Roman times, um, you know, that's a hard thing to be like, stand six feet apart. <laughs> and then their apartments are probably like, you know, two feet apart. So, <laughs> right. you know, you're basically you're screwed. Yeah. yeah. What are you going to do? Yeah. So, um, but yeah, tell me, I mean, I know I'm not, this isn't my podcast, but tell me what's it like? I just turned around like I'm the interviewer. <laughs> how 
intense is it there? It sounds like it's really hard and really intense. Uh, I would say yes. I mean, it is intense without anything, as you said. And yeah. then now it's uh, really amped up. And, uh, I've, uh, you know, I never have done the thing where you just cry in public uh, yeah. until last week. Oh, no. <laughs> that was just that, that was my breaking point with going to CVS. Um, oh, because the, the health food store doesn't have the good Easter candy. So oh. you, you have, you know, you have to go to CVS <laughs> to get the good stuff. Right. Of course. And uh, yeah. I did you grow up if they were medical folks? Did you grow up with uh, health food parents? Um, yes and no. I mean, yeah. my mom was a very uh, she didn't really grow up in a house. Well, she grew up kind of poor, so they didn't have um, they just didn't have like access to like fancier foods necessarily although fancy foods doesn't necessarily mean healthy but anyway (laughs) the point is my mom did raise us uh like to give you a okay i can just give you an example and that'll clear it up um not that you were confused it'll clear it up for me okay (laughs) yes so go ahead (laughs) so when i went to grade school and my mom made our lunches uh, let's just say no one wanted my lunch, um, because uh-huh. my mom made us salmon patties. Um, mm. and, uh, the kids, you know, I wanted their like PB and J's or grilled cheeses. And my mom was like, here's some salmon. And no one wanted that. And then when I started working for my dad, who was a brain surgeon of all things, um, mm-hmm. that's not a joke. He really was. And I worked in his office when I was in high school And then he would ask me to order McDonald's for the entire office um, and make me swear I wouldn't tell my mom. So that was pretty much, in a nutshell, uh, that's the dynamic dynamic of the food. Yeah, my dad (laughs) would love to eat junk food, but he still would eat well. And my mom was more on the healthy tip. There's nothing like cracking a metal lunchbox full of salmon. Yeah, nobody <laughs> really wants that. Friend. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But we had a lot of uh, wheat germ in my house. You a did? A lot of grape nuts. Yeah, oh, we did too. Nuts. Yeah, that's yeah, good. See, we didn't have a lot of money either. We just had a can of wheat germ. Wow. <laughs> kept and but my mother be kept... good. That's good for your, um, like, ultimately, I know it sounds so nerdy to say this, and people probably already know this, but um, my mom says things that, like, she makes it sound like no one's ever heard of that before. (laughs) (laughs) She's been doing that since we were little. So sometimes I'm like, did you know that? And they're like, yeah, everybody knows that. And I'm like, oh, okay. Um, But yeah, if you eat really well from when you're a child, you know, you're going to have a better immunity in the long run. You know, you're, you've built up a solid, healthy body because you've, you know, you haven't been putting junk in it from the beginning. But I think that's yes. pretty obvious. Yeah. Yes. No, we avoided processed foods and all that kind of thing. That's but my great. mother kept uh, one score bar. Do you remember those? I love uh, score in, bars. Yeah. Yeah. She kept one of those in the fridge and she'd just nibble at it. I think she had the same one in there for about six years. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> but this would dole it out. And the only reason I'm bringing all of that up is to tell you how much I enjoy going to CVS to get that good <laughs> that bag of Cadbury mini eggs. Mm, uh, I bet. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. Uh, because you just smell like vanilla for a long time. And the thing that really set me off though, was I had to go to the pharmacy there and the pharmacist was not wearing a mask. 
No. No mask. No mask, Meryl. No. I almost had a heart episode right there. That's insane. In New York, in a pharmacy, that's crazy. Yes. Like here, we're like, that I would, that would, that would break me too. I, I mean, here, there's a lot of like, so we live in a really cute neighborhood in, in Silver Lake and it's very nice. And, you know, the weather in the last week has been so beautiful that people are like, ah, there's no pandemic. That's not real. Cause it's so nice out. It doesn't, you know what I mean? just, you're like, that's, it's not real. This is this normal. We're just going to go back to normal. And, but ever since this whole thing started, um, there's these guys that skateboard in this parking lot, like across, not across the street, but kind of like diagonally from us. And they have not been social distancing. They have not, I mean, unless you count skating far away from each other from time to time. (laughs) Um, But they've been skateboarding this whole time. And we've been like, I just kind of want to go over there and be like, are you guys idiots? Like, obviously you're idiots, but I don't even know how old they are. They're like, they're either like, 20 or 45 i can't tell they're anyway skateboarders are tough to tell the age yes because they're wearing things that you know 17 year olds wear or timeless fashion timeless fashion um so i don't know what their deal is but uh that's annoying but other than that like a lot of the people in our neighborhood will either see them walking their dogs or walking around and not wearing masks and smoking, which really blows my mind. I'm <laughs> oh, like, yes. are you trying to get it? I mean, what are you doing? Why don't you just lick the sidewalk while you're at it? But yep. we we are, my boyfriend and I, we have been insane. We have been like my Jewish grandmother OCD about this. Like we've been <laughs> like, we are not, you know, we wear gloves, we wear masks, we disinfect every package, every every shopping bag that comes into the house. Yep. You know, we yep. wipe the dog's paws when we come back from walking. I mean, it's yes. we might as well just all shower together, the cat, the dogs, me, my boyfriend. <laughs> We're just so like OCD, you know. Yes, well, you have to be. <coughs> don't worry, it's because I uh, <coughs> don't have it. Hold on. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Uh-uh. I know the second my boyfriend sneezes, I'm like, what What happened? Are you okay? We both do that to each other. We both go, uh-oh. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, no, that was just uh, when I get really excited and air hits the back of my throat. Yeah. Yeah, that's what happens. That's I okay. Um, but, yeah, right. so... So, that's now, good. tell me about you. Like, you have this cool, this cool voice. Yes. <laughs> who are you what are you about besides crying in cvs i would have cried too was it cvs yeah. or was it like a private pharmacy oh no it was a cvs which oh. i don't generally like anyway because right. i think it's full of germs and nobody really wants to be there and i don't trust off-brand medicine no they have all uh, sorts of coronaviruses at cvs it's there's a an lot aisle of, of coronaviruses points. yeah it is multiple vectors there yes yes um, well, uh, we can talk about me, but <laughs> I want to talk about you. Uh, okay. Now, Meryl, uh, I don't know why I feel this way, but I, I, I see, it seems like we're friends already, it but does. we've never met. We've no. never met, right? Mm-mm. Okay. No. I'm at the age now where I have to ask that question and I really mean it. <laughs> <laughs> because I get confused. 
yeah. you said that you were you were in New York and I thought you were here and then you weren't. Right. So I That's moved That's a couple there. years ago? Yeah, so I moved there okay. in 2015. Um and then I was there until 2018. Um I was planning to stay much longer actually, but uh, uh this guy that was my friend at the time uh and then we were sort of on and off friends with benefits then we became long distance and now we live together <laughs> here in LA um Close it was distance. really hard to keep that long distance relationship going is he from there california he is he's from northern yes. california he's from uh santa rosa outside of oh, the sure. bay yeah a lot of chickens up there yes he grew up yeah. actually at some point i think they had a farm his his parents had a farm um yeah. but we met doing stand-up and um we were friends i always liked him though when i even from when i first met him i really liked him uh and then we were friends for a while because he had been in a 19-year relationship um and uh, it didn't work out after 19 years. I'm sorry. That makes oh, me laugh. Wow. And, uh, you know, it's a red flag because they never got married. So obviously I'm thinking it's going to be another 19 years for us. Um, yes. And we'll be dead by then if he even uh, proposes. But it's okay. It's fine. <laughs> we'll see what happens. If it doesn't work out, you'll know why. I said it. I said it here. I said it right here. We'll play the tapes back. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but now you had a show in New York too, didn't you? I did. Did you run um, a show? Yeah. Yeah. I have a show called Witch Hunt and uh, I started it here in LA, um, what, like four, five years ago. I don't know. I lost count. Four or five years ago. Right. And then when I moved to New York, um, I knew a lot of people there already because I had been, uh, you know, just going there every year at least to do shows and say hi to friends I knew there. And of course, comics just sort of come and go. They, you know, move from Chicago to New York to SF. And so if you travel around and do shows, you'll obviously get to know a lot of the comics. Um, so I knew a lot of them already and I was getting on the shows. Uh, like when I first moved there, I got on almost all the shows. And then after like a month or two, I was like, or maybe three months, even I was like, Oh, I don't have any more shows. <laughs> I did all the shows. <laughs> and, uh, you know, when you move to a place, even if they know you, and even if you're super funny, unless you have been on Conan or you've got some, you know, major heat going on, um, or like when you visit, you'll get booked on everything. But then the second right. you move there, now you're one of the rest of the people. So <laughs> you kind of right. have to bring something special to the table that's different uh, besides just being funny, which is uh, should be enough. But believe it or not, it's not. So, yeah. You got to so start I, your own thing. Yeah, yeah. So then I was like, no. well, I have a show um, in L.A. and I you know, I have friends running it for me and it's still kind of going on its own. And then I thought, hmm, maybe I should just have Witch Hunt here as well. Uh, and I think, I can't remember, I don't remember how it started, but um, I just mentioned to a friend that I may, may do Witch Hunt there. And she said, oh, you know, let me know because 
there's a bar in, um, I think it's Bushwick. I think so. Uh, it's where Live From Outer Space is. I can't remember the name of the bar. I love that place so much and I can't think of it. But anyway, it's a really cool spot. And so I met with the booker and she was like, yeah, let's do it. So I, I had my first show there. Um, it didn't do great. It really didn't have a huge turnout. Um, and then we decided to move it to, uh, the New York comedy club. And then, ah. um, that's where, that's where it ended up for the last couple of years. So, yeah. Yeah. B bigger audiences there. I imagine. For sure. I mean, the room, yeah. the room on the, in Gramercy is that space is kind of small, but you can, you can actually pack quite a few people in there. But the nights that those shows were packed and we had guests like Michael Shea or um, Janine Garofalo <clears throat> and uh, some of the bigger names, those those nights were pretty awesome. And then yeah. one time. Always. Yeah. Yeah. And then we were part of the New York Comedy Festival um, one year. And that uh, was wonderful because we had like the booker from Netflix um, stand up there and we had a lot of like we had Melissa Villasenor and Mark Normand and all these great people performing. So it was, it was pretty awesome. Um, I think if I had stayed and I blame this on my boyfriend. Um, yeah, you should. No, yep. <laughs> I think if I had stayed, I'd probably be doing more clubs now, you know, like my goal uh -huh. was to do more, like hang out at the stand and, you know, do more club stuff. I did go to, I did get to do Caroline's like a few times. Um, but that was just through like close friends. But anyway, um, I digress. But did, yeah. Yes. Yes. And, uh, uh, you, you brought that show back to LA when you went, you still well, do it now? It was here the whole time I was in New York. It was still running because I had oh, friends I running it. Yeah. That's so while trip. I was in New York, I had, two shows going simultaneously one here and one yep. in new york and then when i came back to la i kept uh the new york show running so i had a friend running that that show at the at the club so okay yeah and that was tough i mean i had at different times i'd have a booker um helping me or i had like hosts helping me promote but most of the time you know, for both shows, I did, you know, most of the booking, the promoting, the producing, the whole thing, the marketing. Um, so that's Exhausting. really been my baby for the last like four <laughs> years is this bicoastal uh -huh. show that I've barely made any money on. But recently I started to make uh, before this pandemic, I started to do really well at the Virgil. Uh, here in LA because we finally started to charge at the door. So, uh -huh. um, and word has gotten around about my show here. And so we have some regular fans now. Um, and so it's, it's done, it's done really well. The last four shows, I'd say it's a once and a have month. Have and have you segued once a month? Have you segued into the, the, live streaming kind of a thing for it or are you figuring I've thought that out? about it um I've definitely thought about it I think that it would be a great a great thing because 
I don't know. I, I had this wonderful idea for a podcast and I started to do that in New York when I was in New York and I couldn't quite figure out what the hook was, but I knew it was a great idea. And then I never really quite uh, sort of executed it fully. So I just sort of, you know, hung around with this idea of this podcast. And then there was another podcast I was going to start with Charla Lorston, who's really talented comedian. Um, But then that didn't pan out because she moved out here and I was still in New York. So there was just so many things, but uh, to answer your question or your idea. Yeah. I think it would be great because I don't know, there's just so many podcasts. There's like a billion podcasts and I really want to do something not like two dope Queens. Um, but, and also I think, uh, put your hands together, did that, but I think mm-hmm. those two shows are done. So yeah, yeah. I don't know any other live stand up shows that are streaming now that I think about it. I'm uh, sure there yeah, are, I but that, I can't I think, think of I think there them. are some that are, that are doing, you know, it is very anxiety producing though, to be on Instagram and everyone's going live all the time oh yeah no it's so stressful it's like not everybody <laughs> should go live you know what i mean not everybody no. like some people maybe not everybody. <laughs> i feel like my mom's gonna go live and my dogs are gonna go live <laughs> like everyone's going live um well it's embarrassing a little too when you stumble upon one if you stumbled into a room in real life and somebody was earnestly playing music or telling jokes yeah. Um, would you just kind of back out? Exactly. Quietly? You're like, hi. There's only two other people yeah, there. Yeah, they're like, Meryl joined. They're like, hi. And I'm like, bye. I didn't mean to. I uh, <laughs> didn't mean that. Sorry. I was actually yes. trying to tap on something else. And then stupid thing <laughs> came up. Makes me so mad. I'll be like in yeah. the middle of paying a bill or, you know, messaging with my mom. And then it'll be like, so-and-so started. And then I press the thing. And then it goes right to that. Oh, it's so irritating. Uh, first world problems though you know yes yes um uh, speaking of first world problems oh so wait a minute hold on (laughs) for a second so you mean i'm an idiot you mean like actually stream the show live post pandemic not like a live show and then it's a podcast right you mean like Uh, what everyone's doing right now yes i meant if you were going to do your the live show uh but just make it streaming Yes. We're yes. going to try it next week. I've done one, not my own, but I was a guest on one. Oh, nice. And uh, it, go- it goes well. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. Oh, I did but, one uh, too. Yeah. I did uh, yeah. Bethany Van Delft's show. She's in yes. Boston. Um, and that was super fun. And I, yeah, I've, I've been thinking about how I'll go about doing it, but yes, I want to, I want to do it. Well, that's, and I'm happy to hear about all your creative ideas, Meryl. So thank you for contributing them. Thank and that you. leads to my other question, which is you went to CalArts? I did. Aha. Uh-huh. You and Don Cheadle. Yes. I actually yeah. met Don Cheadle. <laughs> yeah. The people yeah. who went to our school, the the people, the famous yes. people, um, they're very, like, they love Cal arts. So they're very they giving it. and they'll come back and hang out or talk to us. And so I got to meet. What was your focus there? Uh, theater. I was a theater. theater. Major. Okay. Yeah. Um, it was an amazing experience. It was terrifying, but also great, but also overwhelming. It was great. I'm really glad I went there, but I got, I had some really cool things. Like I got to meet 
um, Don Cheadle. He came and spoke to our class, our graduating class. Um, got to meet Brian Cox. Um, yeah. And he wasn't like he was working then and doing really well, but he wasn't like uh, succession famous, you know, uh-huh. at that point. Uh-huh. And then um, Ed Harris went to Cal Arts and he came and um, screened his Pollock movie and I got to sit next to him. That was pretty cool. I was like, <laughs> yes. I'm sitting next to Ed Harris right now. Like I was so starstruck. I couldn't pay attention to the movie. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I got to meet Pee Wee Herman um, because sure. he went there, but he also was like really into our Halloween parties. Um, yep, that makes and they sense. Were pretty epic. Yeah. So they go back, <laughs> you know, years and years of epic parties there. And also every Thursday they do um, like an art opening for all the painters and artists. And oftentimes CalArts is very famous for um, their like fashion shows and art openings because there's a lot of nudity. Everybody's yes. really into the nudity. So yep. uh, free expression. And anyway, so I got to m- meet him as well. And uh, he's just cool. Like he just showed up in like a Lincoln town car, um, uh, like with a driver. His own? Oh, yeah, okay. just by himself. <laughs> like he said, he, he had a driver and he just goes in, sits down, hangs out, and then goes home. Like, that's so cool. Yeah, it's really wild. So, I, well, I, I used to live there uh, for a time. And uh, I. You did? And I'm familiar. Yes, I did. Oh, and, in uh, Santa Clarita? No, in, in Los Angeles, right oh, downtown oh. there. Oh, okay. Gotcha. And, and uh, I do miss the sort of casual celebrity encounter. Yeah. It happens sometimes in New York, but it's not. It's, yeah. it's going too fast. Right, You're right. You're just passing right. someone or exactly. seeing them on the subway. Yeah. But there's nothing like watching a celebrity order a coffee. I know, right? It's kind of cool. And then uh, <laughs> I went to a concert recently with uh, my friend Meg, and we were sitting there and... Uh, God, what's her name? Christina, gorgeous red hair was on Mad Men. Hendrix. Hendrix, Christina yes. Christina Hendrix, gorgeous woman. She just walks in trying to find her own seat at this concert, went by herself. She's like, yeah. can't find her seat. She's like asking the people in the aisle, is that my seat? Like there was all this confusion about her seat. And then she sat down and we were like, oh, she's not even like meeting anyone. She just came to the concert by herself. And I just love stuff like that because obviously in L.A., you know, you can if you're a working actor or celebrity, you know, you can go to things and sit down and just be a person. And I, I think that's great. And that's the case, I think, in New York, too. I've seen a lot of celebrities there as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, people don't really, like, mob you unless you're, like, you know, Michael Jackson coming back from the dead or, you know, you're, like, I don't know, the Backstreet Boys. I mean, I I don't know who really gets mobbed. I would guess Meryl Streep, maybe, you know? And even then, like, who's going to be, like, Meryl Streep, oh, my God, you know? It would be a very respectful mob, I imagine. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Well, uh. I mean, we I had my well. own experience recently that made me feel really good. It was probably oh, the yes. biggest thing will ever happen in my whole career. But I went to my friend's wedding and I feel like 
three or four different people came up to me and were like, are you Meryl Davis? It's like, yeah. Uh, I mean, why? Wow. <laughs> I was like, why? <laughs> um, I was like, did you, do you know me from Instagram? Um, no, but they were like, oh, you're so, you know, I've seen you do stand up and you're so funny. I mean, like one of the servers recognized me um, from the shows and then uh, like three other people who were just guests at the wedding had come up to me and said, you're so funny and I love your stand-up. And that really made me feel good, you know? And uh, Sure. Yes. At the same time. We only need it once or twice. Just a little hit. Yeah. That's what keeps you going <laughs> and not making any more money. But it's fine. That's it's right. What, it's what you love. You do what you love, you know? And do I understand that you also did voiceover stuff too or no? I did. I did. How do yeah. you know all this? <laughs> I do my research. Wow. I um <laughs> you know the only thing I'm I'm bummed out about right now is that my website is not done. I'm I'm creating a new website and my That's the only thing you're bummed about? No, 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 no. I mean there's dead people. There's that too. No, and I uh, I, I <laughs> That's really sad. No, I know. It's horrible. It's a horrible time. Yes. Uh, no, but in addition, we must compartmentalize though and deal with oh, things as to. they come no, up. No, you have yes. to, otherwise you lose your mind. Um, but again, yes. like I said, mine's gone. But yeah, I, I, uh, I wish I had more updated clips of my standup because so much of my standup is so dated and so awful, and my standup is much stronger now. So I, you know, it's really not a major problem. But if people look me up, it's you know. Where were we? You asked me something. voiceover. <laughs> yes, I do voiceover. I've done voiceover and I love it. And I want to. It's do the best. That. It's the best. I know. Yes, it's the best. Although I've noticed my auditions not coming in as quickly as they were. Yeah, before. I'm sure. It's, but it's yeah. weird. It's like that shouldn't be an issue because you don't really necessarily have to go. I don't know. I guess I did have to go to different studios when I did mine, but. How did you know? What? Where did you see that? What that I wasn't getting them? No, <laughs> no, that that I did voiceover. Oh, uh, I don't. Some some something online said that oh. it oh, alluded okay. to it. Cool. And then watching clips and th and things, I thought, well, she has a good voice. She should do it. Oh, thanks. I think you have a good voice yeah. too. I was going to say that from the first second we spoke. I was like, oh, he's got like a radio voice. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. Well, for for a little time. If you were enjoying the Listerine products, you heard my voice. Wow, uh, that's great. That, that's gone. Oh. <laughs> yeah, great for a shining moment and that's then disappeared. Gone. Yeah, no, I get but, it. Uh, but, I mean, are people going to run out of – you're over there in uh, in an industry town. Uh, you think that uh, we're going to run out of TV and ads and stuff? I mean, if nobody's making it. I don't know. Like, we've been watching um, – just like random things like Shark Tank. I don't know why we're obsessed with Shark Tank. We're watching <laughs> yeah, like okay. old, like old Shark Tanks. We're watching The Voice. I don't know what happened over here. Um, but <laughs> the commercials, a lot of them are geared towards what's happening right now. And of course, yes, very sad. what's very happened sad. in, I'm like, God, in a month, a lot of these companies you know, figured out a way to make spots about what's happening. So I'm like, how are they doing that? And yep. my boyfriend's like, well, some of the stuff they probably already had that they kind of edit together, obviously. And then they just do like the message separately, the voiceover. But um, 
Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm surprised that. So my boyfriend did a Geico commercial last year, and it's Pretty such good. a funny yeah. spot, such a good spot. And I, I wish he would. I mean, not him. I wish they would re, um, you know, not just for the money part, but it's such a funny, perfect spot for what's happening because it's like a quarantine spot. You know, it's like they're in Antarctica in the middle of you know, a whiteout, they can't go anywhere. And one of the guys is singing karaoke to the Backstreet Boys. Oh, yes. yes and it's I remember so that painful that my boyfriend's character <laughs> is trying to leave, you know, right, basically commit right. suicide. Um, but yeah, anyway, I keep digressing. Um, <laughs> I'm really okay. good at it. Uh but I'm i did do a commercial i did a voiceover spot for volkswagen and it was oh. a long time ago but it was like me and brooke shields and i didn't get to meet good. her but we did this you know she did her part i did my part um i played a a pregnant a young pregnant woman um and it was for the rutan was it the rutan something that's my favorite one the That's my favorite Rutan. car. Yeah. yeah. The Rutan. The Rutan van. I don't know what it's called. I yep. forgot. But anyway, um, it's a really interesting spot. I think it's kind of funny, but I also, when I listen to it, I'm like, it doesn't sound like we're talking to each other. Like you can tell ah. that we're not in the same place, you know? That's on Brooke. Yeah. It's Brooke's fault. But yeah, that's 100% on her. Yeah. But originally they had another girl in the part and I guess they didn't like what she did. So I'm oh. the, so I replaced her. So thanks to her, I got, I got to do that spot. <laughs> Pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Things happen, Things happen for a reason. Yeah. It's all wonderful. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, Meryl, uh, what are you looking forward to most once this is all done? Maybe it'll be another ad for another fine Volkswagen product I, or it might be something else. Well, on a grander scale, I know I sound really selfish right now at a time when a lot of people are dying and sick and fighting for their lives. So I'm very aware of, uh, because I read the news every day and I was, and I, and I have personal, I have close friends who've lost their parents or grandparents to this or a friend or friends who've gotten sick and then recovered, um, or then they got sick, they recovered, and then it, it never really quite went away, and they're still not sure if they're contagious. I mean, this thing is a nightmare, obviously, of grand proportions. So on a on a serious note, because I've been, you know, tweeting silly tweets and posting silly posts just to sort of, you know, I want people to laugh and feel like, you know, like they're not the only ones. Um who are feeling different ways, but, uh, on a grand scale, I would like, um, I would like Trump to explode into flames. No, um, I would like <laughs> yes. on a grand scale, I would really love for this pandemic to, uh, just really be, you know, stop as soon as possible. But that sounds like a childish thing because it's not a reality and we need a vaccine. Um, but it's very difficult to see 
people that don't believe in science um, who are in charge of things uh, is a painful experience to watch yes. them talk and and to see the breakdown of of the evolution, which was, you know, people like, uh, of course, now I can't think of his name because I would sound so smart if I did. But the doctor who was German, who first had the idea to wash your hands, because when doctors were uh, delivering babies back in the day, back in the way back, uh, the the mothers would die because they would go from womb to womb without washing their hands, which, as you can imagine, right. is not only disgusting for us to hear these days, but, you know, it, it, bacteria is just evil and it grows fast. And, you know, just put your hands in this person's vagina and take the baby <laughs> yeah. out and then put another one. So Dr. Lister, in fact, was the one that was very English doctor, oh, but he was amazing. very responsible for it. Oh, nice. And also the namesake of Listerine. Oh, amazing. Um, there you go. Well, there was another doctor. There were two others. I think one yes. was German and I forgot. One of them was also Jewish and he ended up dying in a uh, in a mental institution because the doctors in the medical world at that time thought he was nuts to yeah. tell them to wash their hands. Like that was just a crazy idea. So yes. here we are back in, you know, ahead in 2020, uh, where we have to remind people <laughs> that <laughs> washing hands keeps people sanitary and keeps diseases under control. Um, so, I obviously didn't take my ADHD medication today because I cannot get to the point of the question. So what I want is to get back to work. I want everybody to get back to work. But if it took us another year to have to hunker down and quarantine, I would do whatever it took because I care about people not dying. So to me, the economy, which yes, is of course extremely important, but with what's happening, it just, everything's a shit show. Um, so on a grander scale, I'll just say like, I want nobody to, I want people to stop getting sick. I want the people on the front lines to get paid three times what they're making to have all the, yes. you know, PPE they need. And just, mm -hmm. it's just, uh, we weren't prepared because I don't know why we weren't prepared. We should never not be prepared. This is supposed to be the greatest country in the world. That's not true, but it's supposed to be. We're supposed to be prepared for literally anything and everything, and we're not. Um, and you can't have a president that says, like, I didn't see this coming. Because, idiot, yes. you have to see anything coming. It's 2020, you dumbass. Anything could be coming. A meteorite could be coming. You know, a big ball of lava could be coming. I mean, literally anything. Uh, if a the water's missile, definitely coming. Right. And if a missile could be coming from North Korea, then anything could be coming. I mean, if, if, if I, I don't know, if ISIS or, you know, what's his face, you know, Oh God, Osama bin Laden. <laughs> 
Like if these idiots flew planes into the towers and, you know, Bush had said like, and believe me, I wasn't a big fan, but now compared to Trump, I would kiss his feet. Well. <laughs> you know, he, he didn't ever say like, we didn't see this coming. I mean, he never said that. He was like, oh shit, we got to do something about this. Like right now, even yes. though he was a dodo bird and didn't know how to read. But yeah. anyway, they did warn he, him. <laughs> he actually did warn. Did you see that video? Yes, I did. Yeah. Isn't that there crazy that many, he warned? Many people planning. Yes. That is so yeah. crazy that he was smart enough to warn the government in 2005. And now we've got, you know, this. I didn't think you could ever get a dumber person in office. And we did it. We, I we don't, certainly did. I don't we know if it's possible. Did. I mean, I guess it would be possible <laughs> to have someone even dumber. But well, there's a curious I, mix of all kinds of things going on there that would be hard to replicate. And hopefully yes, we won't ever do that. that I really is, uh, hope not. True. It's been honestly, it's been worse than the pandemic. It really has. He He's the worst person on the planet. I'm sure there's yes. worse people, but he still feels like the worst person <laughs> on the planet. OK, on a personal note. Be up there. Yeah. Yes, Meryl. Uh, uh, well, I, I thank you for sharing all of that for, with me. But what is your personal note? <laughs> You're like, but I didn't actually ask you that question. Um, no, I, uh, I've i had this pilot um, that I've been working on. And so I just need to finish that. I'm not, I think when you've been in this for so long, you just get out of the feeling, at least I do, because it's too exhausting, of like the outcome like what the outcome is going to be. And yeah. the reason I I feel good and finally enjoy what I'm doing is because I just don't care about the outcome. Like if you're doing what you love and it makes you happy, I feel like that's it. And you have to really like commit to that. And then on top of that, be like, look, if I never got the three picture deal or I never sold the pilot or I never got to be you know, the lead in my pilot that I sold. Um, then I got to do a lot of other cool shit that I love. You know what I mean? It sounds like yeah. I'm, I'm sort of accepting failure on some level, but it's not what it is. I think, and you didn't even ask me this. I'm just sharing. Um, no, I appreciate that. And uh, there's a big, uh, it's a, it's a good thing to get to the place where you're focused on the uh, process over yeah. the product. And if you can be happy with that. See, you and, get and it. In fact, you have to get there uh, yeah. for anything to happen, I think. I think so too. Uh, so. No, wise words, wise words. No. Yeah, I, um, I definitely, so I guess to answer your question, 45 minutes later, um, <laughs> I want to finish my pilot. I want to yes. uh, record an album. And yep. uh, what was the third thing? Oh, I uh, just started kind of mapping out um, uh, a memoir. But the thing about the memoir is that <laughs> that yes. I'm a little like, um, I'm not in a rush to do that, um, obviously, because I'm not 95, but also because... Um, I don't know. I just kind of, I already felt like who the hell's going to want to read my memoir before the pandemic. <laughs> now I'm like, who the hell is really going to want to read my memoir? Unless it's like, you know, so 
that is something I'll just say I want to do, but I'm in the very, very, very beginning of. So well, the other things I'm a little bit more excited about, especially the pilot, because uh, it's funny. I think it's funny and uh, it's fun to write. Um, yeah. And it's very character based. Uh, and I'm really good at writing I think I'm good at writing characters, but specifically me, because I know me and I know what kind of character I am, you know. Um, well, Meryl, I'm glad to know what kind of character you are. I'm glad to have had this chance to catch up with you. I want you to consider this then your audio uh, vision board. For oh, those things. I like it. <laughs> Yeah, that's a good we'll idea. We'll refer to those later. Yes. Yeah, you're so we're like, putting those out into the cosmos, and we'll see what happens. That's right. And then a couple months from now, you're going to be like, Meryl, remember when you said these things? How far have you come? <laughs> you're going to be like yeah. holding me accountable for the things I'm working on. Yes, I feel like I've signed up to be your life coach. Oh, thank uh, you. I'll take it. And you it. do have that kind of voice where you sound kind of like, you know, like an Einstein great uncle, you know, who yeah. like uh, has these great ideas, like you're an inventor. Um, uh-huh. You sound actually like, uh, have you ever seen Beauty and the Beast? <laughs> yes. Yeah. You sound, <laughs> you sound like the dad who's the inventor, <laughs> you know? Uh-huh. Yes. Uh, yes. I'll take it. Daughter out of the castle. Anyway. Um, always working on something yeah um well that's great meryl um thank you for all of this oh you're so welcome for the the compliments on my uh animated doppelgangers and for uh spending some time with me oh you're so Um, welcome this has been wonderful i hope that uh you stay safe and healthy thank you uh, you too maybe you get to work on some of these projects if uh, you find some time yeah, I hope so. And, and you know, I have to say, though, before we get yes. up, you're like, Meryl, we have to end this. Um, but I was going to say one other thing. Obviously, I don't get out much these days and I need to talk. So I really appreciate this a lot because my boyfriend is playing the banjo and he doesn't listen to me anymore. Um, <laughs> the other day I was like, babe, look at look at uh, our kitty. We have a new kitty. And he was like not responding. And I was like, oh, it's too late. Forget it. He's like, what? And I was like, forget it. (laughs) And we get along great. It's just been, we're crazy. We're crazy people in this house now. Um, But what I was going to say, I forgot. I forgot what I was going to say. So (laughs) we're just going to let that go. And I'm just, I'm glad. This is what I wanted. This is what I wanted before. The first thing you asked me. And I just remembered what it was. What I want is for people (laughs) to, the people who have survived this uh, pandemic, recovered, or, um, you know, yeah, survived it. I want, hopefully, something really grand to change. Like, you know, it's so great that the pollution is out of the sky for however long we've got to do that you know i was really like walking in our neighborhood and could smell like the flowers for the first time i was like is it because i've been wearing a mask or is it because like i can really smell the flowers and the foliage and it just smelled amazing 
But I hope that this time, and I'm sure it has, made people kind of reflect on their lives and what's important um, and kind of shift, you know, the world to be more unified, to, you know, to change this insanity of like, you're not anybody unless you have an Oscar or you're not anybody unless you have a fortune 500 company like that, that, that inner, you know, like emptiness of people not fulfilling themselves and, and finding happiness without needing to go and get, you know, 40 vials of Botox and look like carrot top. Like it's just, I hope that this has had, you know, a silver lining uh, in that way, because it's just devastating, like to lose the amount of people we've lost. This is for sure like a world war three. And then we have a maniac, you know, running our country. So you've been trying to say goodbye. <laughs> and I'm like all of a sudden on my soapbox, which I don't understand where that term came from. And now I'm going to have to Google it. Oh, yeah. You'll be rewarded when you do. Okay. Uh, but I, 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 <laughs> I take it that a radical realignment is possible. That's and the we way will hope it. for that. Yeah. We will yeah. hope for that. Yeah. And in the meantime, I do have to go. Okay. That's <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, it was so nice talking to you. It was so awesome. So nice fun. talking with you. Thanks Thank for you having me. Thank you very much. Thank the dogs for their patience. I will. And uh, asleep. Maybe we'll check in with you again soon. Okay. Sounds great. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Okay. Oh, a delight. And had I not had to get dinner prepped and Kid Pepsi to her Zoom dance class, I would have talked with Meryl for a good while longer. Thanks to everyone tuning in during these times. It means a lot. And thanks to everyone who came out to the stream of our first live show. What an adventure. My goodness. Maybe we'll do another one of those. It was great fun to do, and I got to just stay in my house and sit at a desk, which uh, suits me. Uh, So, uh, and you can still watch that. That's up on our YouTube uh, channel there, so you can take take a gander. Now, I wish you and your loved ones safety and good health. And remember that although this night is ending, a bright new day is just ahead. Deep Night with Dale is independently produced and performed by James Bewley. Season 12 podcast icon illustrated by Lars Litaro. Deep Night Season 12 theme by Zach Gabbard. Music throughout the episode is provided by the talented roster at Haller Hills Farm in Ohio. Production studio space provided by Harvest Works here in New York City. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review the show on Apple Podcasts or tune in on Stitcher, SoundCloud, or Spotify. Thank you for listening, and this season, I encourage you all to leave your portals open. <laughs>